Miami Miracle 2.0. Fitz Magic, baby. We got the number two seed. We don't play this week. With that being said, let's get this show on the road. I am BB's 1492. What's up, KC? This is Lee 86. Hey, what's going on? Thanks to Miami for the late Christmas gift. This is your boy, Cowboy, and welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. Let's go ahead and kick it off with Thornhill. He had a he went down um, Sunday uh, against the Chargers. Uh, as of now, they're saying he has a uh, was the ACL tear in his uh, knee. Mm-hmm. And he is done for the season. We're all a little sad about that because on the other prior uh, podcast, we were hyping up Thornhill and how he's become a major fixture within this Chiefs defense. And uh, for him to help us come all this way, he is done for the season. Lee, what is your thoughts on uh, Mr. Thornhill going down? Yeah, man, this is a uh, a gigantic blow um, to the Chiefs. Um, I do feel that we are deep enough, you know, um, as a defensive unit to um, – kind of overcome Thornhill's absence. Um, like you said, man, he's the <clears throat> he's a general back there, man. Um, he's very vocal. Um, it, it's just some things that you're just not going to be able to replace. And that's just such a strong testament to Thornhill, you know, his game and things of that nature. Um, like I said, this is going to hurt, man. Um, I just said on the previous one, you know, let's try to make – we need to make it out this game healthy, you know, and um, with the win. But, you know, um, our general is down, so we just have to man up. Uh, Armani Watts, uh, Kendall Fuller kind of been, you know, playing that position like me and Beach spoke on, you know, um, podcasts ago. So – Next man up, the marathon continues, man. This is a season, so which you know, this is gonna hurt. Uh, just as, just wishing uh Thornhill a speedy recovery and you know, and getting back on the field, you know, um, next year, young man, and uh, back with open arms when you get healthy, Thornhill. And Beach, what are your thoughts, man, on losing Thornhill for the rest of the season? Uh, it's very unfortunate. Just like uh, Lee was saying, we was, you know, praising the young man a couple of weeks ago when we had our little debate between him and Miko Hardman about who's been more impactful this season. Um, but like Lee said, it's next man up mentality. It, like I said, it's very unfortunate. You know, hopefully, you know, he can start his rehab early and uh, hopefully uh, be back on the field next year sometime. If everything goes, uh, if he heals up correctly. Um, but as far as this postseason goes, um, it's the next man up. you got a week to figure out what you can do with our mighty walks and uh, Kendall Fuller, Spags. I'm talking to you when I'm saying this. Um, and the beat goes on. Like, I mean, um, not to sound uh, rude or anything, but uh, we still got unfinished business to take care of. And we just got to, you know, just step up our game and uh, fill that hole. So, I mean, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, like, yeah, like I agree with both of you, man. Next man up, man. It does sucks, man, because he's – he was a major fixture, man. He was definitely coming to part of that 
that defense, man, for him to go down like that, mm-hmm. all the success he has uh, given this defense throughout this year, man, it just sucks for him to go down like that in that nature. Yeah. But uh, all you know, all the best to him. Let him heal up and be ready for next season. Like you said, the beat goes on. But let's go on, kick it off with these NFL head coaches getting the pink slips, some yesterday evening and some today. So we call it Black Monday firings. Fred, uh, Freddie Kitchens for uh, Cleveland got dismissed. <laughs> uh, the Giants coach, <laughs> Pat Shermer, he had to exit the lot, as well as Dre Gruden for the Redskins. And the president and GM, Brent, uh, uh, Brent Allen, I believe, was right. also exited off the premises from the Redskins. They was told to go on off the lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for Freddie Kitchens, that's kind of a surprise to me. I mean, being one and done like that, that's, I mean, the, 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 the Cleveland Browns are so-called trying to build a close uh, a culture there. And it was, yeah, it was up and down year. Uh, but for you to just let go of this guy at the one season, damn, it, it just shows that's why you guys can never turn that corner because you don't give guys a chance. So, I mean, Lee, what do you think on some of these uh, coaches getting their pink slips on this Black Monday? Well, like I said, uh, we'll start with uh, Freddie Kitchens with the Cleveland Browns. Um, that, that was not a surprise to me. That was a star-studded team that needed a anchor leadership, so to speak. And Fred Pitches was not the man. I can see the writing on the wall. You know, um, with uh, OBJ and, you know, things of that nature going on in their locker room that he was not able to make as the head of that team. So, you know, um, it is what it is. Like you said, he had to, you know, take his pink slip and get on in that F-150 at that F-250 and you know, tear ass on the, off the lot, buddy. You know, um, it was his time to go. You know, like I said, I had uh, mentioned him a couple podcasts back, you know, where he was on the uh, Bonehead of the Week segment. Where he, you know, leading up to that, uh, the rematch with the Pittsburgh Steelers wearing that shirt, all, you know, that was just, that was a move that that was, you know, there was no type of leadership, you know, just, you know, do that. That was so Kitchens, it was not a surprise to me. I mean, like I said, it's like I was telling you, John Dorsey isn't even safe. That's something to keep an eye on here in the next coming days, you know, with these general managers and stuff getting axed as well. So it wouldn't be a surprise if John Dorsey, you know, is put to the X. That's my that's my take on the uh, on Freddie Kitchens first. And uh, Beats, what you got on the Giants firing uh, their coach, Pat Schumer? Um, Another one and done. Really coach, right? to say on this. I, was, I was actually kind of surprised that he lost his job. Um, but um, my thing is, is who are they going to replace him with? I mean, I mean, he was only there for two seasons. He only had one year with the with his quarterback. You had Eli there. Uh, you ship Odell out. Uh, you do have Saquon. 
Um, the defense is nothing on that side to hamper about. I don't. I didn't. I don't think he got a fair shake there. To be honest with you, just that's just my opinion. But my thing is, is who 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 are they going to um, replace him with? Uh, especially a lot of these guys. To be honest with you. They, uh, I seen something earlier that they uh, that they have put in a claim to talk with Eric B. Enemy, our offensive coordinator, and um, there's another guy, and I think they're um, going to try to talk with um, Josh McDaniels, the OC for the New England Patriots. So, just a couple names just to throw out there, just to kind of touch up on what you said, Beats. Those are two guys that you know are popping up. Huh. I can see, I can see the Josh McDaniels one because you know you got a, uh, um, you know that kind of tree. But then I also heard on uh, um, man, where did I hear that from? Um, this is just a rumor or something, but like Belichick might be leaving New England. Hmm. Not not to like throw the show off rails or nothing like that. But they were I was listening to something and they was up there talking about him going to the Giants. Belichick? Mm-hmm. Hmm. The, just the way because the way the contracts between him and uh Brady are they, there's a way they that both of them can leave. I but I mean I wouldn't put too much into it until I hear it. I wouldn't believe until I see it. That's one of them type of things. But it was thrown out there on a pod, on a sports podcast I was listening to. A very a very credible one. So I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I was just going to uh, throw in as far as uh, Pat Shermer's uh, departure from the Giants, it really didn't surprise me. Yes, it's, it's his second year, but the, the drama with, you know, um, he took a lot of backlash, you know, um, with OB, you know, with OBJ getting departed out there, you know, from last year so and then this year the ups and downs with Eli and Daniel Jones the kind of uncertainty with that situation so it was kind of like a scapegoat thing with him you know I, I kind of feel like beats like you know I didn't even get a man to shot I just think like with the OBJ situation and then the quarterback carousel it, it just it landed I could kind of see that coming Mm. Like I said, also, uh, the head coach and GM for the Redskins got exited out a lot as well. I've uh, uh, been saying that Ron Riviera may pick up the coaching spot for that, but what do you guys think on the uh, the carousel that's going on within uh, the Washington Redskins? Man, it's, it's... – like I said, man, the infamous, infamous time, the, the most infamous time of the year for these coaches and GMs, especially like the dumpster fire organizations. Um, it's just, you know, one of those things. Jay Gruden, I mean, hey, it is what it is, you know. Um, they're looking for a culture change, you know, all these teams, you know, that's, you know, starting from the top. So, you know, Ron Riviera, like you said, um, he's – been a name that has been mentioned, you know, um, he's pretty much going to probably, you know, be that main candidate to take over for the rear skins, what I'm pretty much seeing. So, you know, they just want a culture change. They want a guy that can, you know, take 
take the team, so to speak, take the bull by the horns. And, you know, they feel it's Ron Riviera, but, you know, Gruden will probably, Jay Gruden will probably hook up with his brother, you know, with the Las Vegas Raiders. So, you know, um, so I was, I was kind of surprised that they let the GM go too. Like, wow, you know, so, but this time of year, nobody's job is, is safe, especially if you've been a dumpster fire all season long. Shit, for the last decade, they've been a dumpster fire. Uh, exactly. Lee, what are you, I mean, uh, Beats, you got anything on that? I thought that uh, Bruce Allen or whatever his name is, was it, did he get released or he did? I thought he just got removed from uh, the football operations, but I thought he was helping with the, uh, or is it Dan Snyder is the one that's got a, that's got um, removed from the football operation? Because I know one of them is tight with the owner. And they're helping the owner build a new stadium, so they're not necessarily going anywhere. But they're they're not on the football side of the business part of the organization. Yeah, I think that Snyder beats. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's my that's my bad. That's that's me being confused. <laughs> well, that's all yeah. I got. I mean, I don't really got. I don't. I can give two fucks about Washington. Right, we are there. I don't. They're they're a dumpster fire, but uh, let's kick it off to some of these key uh games over the Sunday, man. Uh, like I said, Miami gave us a excellent late Christmas gift, uh, taking out uh New England twenty four to twenty. Uh, Fitzpatrick he was throwing it all over the yard though. Uh, he went for twenty eight of forty one, three hundred and twenty yards, one TD. Uh, Larry was their uh, leading rusher with twenty one yards. And in receiving, not too much. No, well, yeah. Uh, D. Parker went for eight receptions, 137 yards. Uh, with their, is their top T, uh, top uh, receiver, and uh, Glistic or Glistic, I think that's his last name, had the long touchdown uh, for the uh, receiving core as well. But like I said, uh, we all picked the Patriots on that, and uh, me and Lee were talking about it yesterday. I was kind of iffy when I made my choice, but I'm kind of happy I did make my choice because we didn't jinx it. The uh, Mighty Dolphins was able to take down the Patriots and give us that number two slot. Lee, what do you got on uh, the Dolphins handling business to give us a late Christmas present? Oh, man. Like Big Red said, hell to the Dolphins, baby. Man, thank you for the number two seed, Miami Dolphins. You know, it's just one of those things, man. Um this time of year, man, it, it, it's you, like I said, I say it all the time. You got T NFL teams, man, where these guys are prideful and, you know, they, they want to go out and have success. And, you know, the Miami Dolphins did what they had to do, you know, Fitzpatrick and those wide receivers, you know, Devonte Parker, um, kudos to the, uh, to the ex chief Albert Wilson, you know, that made some very key catches, a real big key catch, you know, to set them up to go for the <laughs> go-ahead touchdown, you know, to ultimately win that game. So, kudos to uh, Albert Wilson. I see you, Big Al. And, man, they they did what they had to do, man. Um, they, they 
you know, they played good defense. You know, they got a pick six on Brady, um, was getting off the field when they needed to. Um, like you said, Kyle, uh, Fitzpatrick was just throwing that thing all, all over the yard. Um, I really like Devontae Parker. Um, he's always been a good standout, polished receiver in my eyes, and he showed it yesterday, really winning man-on-man battles with Stephen Gilmore and just, just – <laughs> Yeah, man, it just goes to say, man, there's just so much parity in this league. Man, you just don't know who, what, when is going to pop off. And yesterday, um, the Miami Dolphins popped off. And like I said, all the way here in KC, man, sending it all the way down to South Florida. We thank you, thank you, thank you. But like I said, um, it was a hell of a win yesterday by um, Brian Flores and and Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, um, that was just big, man. That was just big, so big. Thank you, Miami. And it could be a uh, turn of the corner for the Miami Dolphins for next season. But uh, Lee, I mean, uh, Beats, what do you got on the uh, late Christmas gift that the uh, Dolphins blessed us with? Thank you, Miami Dolphins, first and foremost. And then thank you to Fist Magic and Brian Flores, who uh, was uh, the Patriots defensive coordinator uh, last year. Um, before you got that job, um, I mean, pretty much Lee covered it. Uh, I just want to say, uh, as far as it's any given Sunday, and then when it's these, uh, this last week, you know, players are playing for their next, uh, whatever their next situation is going to be. You got to put out good tape. And I, I hate when people like on the radio talking about, or some of these people on TV talk about. Uh, these guys are melded in and they're looking forward to their vacation. It's like, no, they're not. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it, this is like a con- this is like this is like contract work. Like you just sign up for these couple months and then at any given time you can lose your job or be out of the league. So you got to at all times you got to put out good tape. And I, I just swing it to even to uh, you know the Chargers playing us you know tough yesterday um, the way they. The way they did. So, I mean, kudos to Miami. You know, every year it seems like, you know, they at least get one of the victories. Usually it's in Miami, but for them to get it, you know, week 17 of Foxborough, that's big. It helped us out. Now that we uh, – I'll just say this, you know, the Super Bowl is in Miami, and Miami gave us a gift. So, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, that's that's a little uh, inkling there that, uh, you know, we, we're destined to be in Miami uh, early February. Um, but um, good off, good win by them, and um, these Patriots do against the Titans, I guess. Right, I agree, man. Uh, definitely was a big win, man. Thank you, uh, Miami. And another big game we had uh, was the Titans against the Texans. Texans did rest all their starters pretty much. Uh, the Titans went into uh, uh, the Texans and. Kicked the hell out of them, uh, thirty-five to fourteen. Uh, Henry did uh, uh, have a hell of a game, man. This dude is very fucking scary. Thirty-two yards. I'm sorry, thirty-two carries, two hundred and eleven yards. He did uh, win the uh, the uh, rushing title for the year. I think he went. Up, how many? I can't remember how many yards he had total. Mm. But he is the leading rush. Uh, it was like up in the – I think it was like 15, 15, yeah. 50, something like that. Yeah, something like that. But, yeah, he's the leading uh, rusher of the NFL. 
He also had three TDs to match all those damn yards that he had on the field. Uh, Ryan Tannehill in the in the uh, win went for thirteen to twenty, uh, one hundred and ninety eight yards, two TDs. Uh, Hollywood Brown had four receptions, one hundred twenty four yards, one TD. But this was like I said, it went the way it was supposed to go. They did arrest all their starters, and the Titans uh, handled business to uh, to, seal, to solidify wild card uh, slot. Uh, but Lee, like I said, they wrote their starters, man. But what is your take on this uh, game? Ooh. Once again, thank you, Miami. And because, like I said, I, I we have big aspirations for our Kansas City Chiefs, but man, like we kept saying, we did not want to have to play Tennessee. And man, that game yesterday, I know, I know Houston risked their starters, but. I'm right there with you, Cal. This is a dangerous ball club, man. Derrick Henry is looking like a man, a man beast amongst boys right now. It is really scary. And then, you, and then you sprinkle in Ryan Tannehill, who we just gave kudos to on the last podcast, as being so underrated thus far amongst quarterbacks, at least one of them. You sprinkle in his ability to be deadly accurate and to scramble around to find time and two big physical receivers on the outside. Like I said, Derrick Henry running down your spine, running down your throat all game long. This is a scary ball club, man. Um, their defense, their defense is no slouches neither. They have a really good defense, man. Um, this team is going to be there, man. Like I said, I know we're going to get into the, you know, wild card preview coming up later on in this segment, but this is a hell of a ball club, man. Just like I said, just with Mike Vrabel, you know, um, having those guys clicking on all cylinders defensively, Ryan Tannehill keeping the fort, keeping the fort held down and, you know, being efficient, man, it's, it's scary, you know, um, See as a hell of a team, you know. New England has their work cut out for them because just like uh, Brian Flores, you know, who knows New England, you know, with Miami, Mike Fred knows them just as well. And they put a pounding on New England last year. Like I say, I know I'm kind of getting into that a little bit, but you know, this is going to be a hell of a game for New England to win. You know, kudos to uh, Tennessee, man. They just keep they just keep the beat keep the beat rolling. I'm just so glad that we just that we do not have to face them at least wild card week. But Tennessee is a hell of a they're a powerhouse. You know, they did what they had to do. Good job for Tennessee and Ryan Tennessee. And Beast, what do you got uh, on the the beating of a bloody pope that the Titans gave the Texans? Um, not too much, like you said, to start off this segment, um, at least this pre, I mean, recap of this game that, uh, the Texans did rest their starters. They were playing for their wild card week this coming week against Buffalo. So they weren't concerned about this game, but, um, Tennessee went in there and handled business and did what they were supposed to do. Um, I'm interested. I know we're going to get into it. Uh, I'm really interested just to see what they do in New England. Um, because as Derrick Henry goes, that team goes. And then I want to throw out uh, A.J. Brown, their wide receiver. He has come on. Uh, he has a connection with uh, Ryan Tannehill, and they're, be, they're on the same page. 
And so that's that's somebody to watch out for because they like to, uh, you know, move him all around the offense and get him on some matchups or whatever. He's a physical uh, wide receiver too. He's not, you know, he's not a small guy one bit. So, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't have too much on this game because, I mean, the Texans didn't try really. Um, they were just playing it like a, like a preseason game kind of, but – um, I'm interested to see what the Titans do in the uh, playoffs. Okay. And to uh, move it along to the big game of the night, uh, 49ers in Seattle, baby. Uh, 49ers got their revenge over Seattle. And I guess Russell Wilson did not get the treatment. Uh, Beast Mode came back and looked <laughs> slow and – wasn't able to break through the holes of my eyes. I didn't see anything uh, big from uh, uh, the big dog, man. You know, but well, that, well, that was to be expected, man. It's his first game back. He's been out of the league for a while. But uh, Mr. Consistent, uh, consistent uh, Garoppolo went for 18 to 22, 285 yards, zero INTs, and zero TDs. Uh, how you been out this dude? Mercer it? Mercer it? 10 carries, 57 yards, two TDs. Uh, and they're on the uh, receiving. Samuels had 102 yards, zero TDs. The second best tight end in the league, Kittle, uh, has seven receptions for 86 yards. Shit, did more uh, than did yesterday. Shit. Yeah, I and mean, he did. I will give him that. He, I mean, he did. But they were able to uh, take out Seattle at home. Uh, Lee, what is your thoughts on this game? Yeah, man, this was a this like I said, uh, the thriller number with number two. It lived up to expectations once again. Um, I believe we all picked Seattle, as you said. So, but it was a coin flip type of game, man. I knew this game could go either which way, as we seen it came down to the last play of the game. Um, San Francisco, man, um, they had that last night. They showed the true championship pedigree. Your offense start fast, defense come out, man the fort. And, you know, like I said, they jumped out to a 13 and nothing ball game pretty early, you know, and took the ball by the horns, you know, early in that ball game. You know, yes, yeah, Seattle came back, you know, were able to, you know, trickulate some things in and make it a game. It seemed like every time Seattle would get up on their bumper just a little bit, you know, Jimmy G and that offense, like you said, um, Ebo Samuels having a good game like he did. It seems like, you know, their running game and stuff, they had to tap on the gas just a little bit and say, hey, nah, y'all gonna have to catch up a little bit more. They just stayed at it. You know, it was a good defensive game plan that they had. Um, they were getting pressure on um, Russell Wilson, like you said, um, pretty much had Marshawn bound up all night. He did score a touchdown. Um, it was some, it was some, um, some, uh, um, some glimpses of Marshawn being the old Marshawn here and there. But like you said, Cali, you know, the 49ers pretty much kept him under wraps, you know, take those two little runs away he had that touchdown so but San Francisco man they just kept their foot on the pedal um, like I said Seattle you know clawed and clawed they stayed in that game you know um, I really think you know some, some drops by the 
you know, Seattle Seahawks SWAT receivers, you know, cost them, especially on that last drive, one would have been a touchdown to put Seattle up. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. San Francisco made the stop, you know, right there in the last play, did what they had to do. But, you know, um, got that number one seed in the NFC. So, like you said, um, kudos to San Francisco and um, Jimmy G going down, going, going to Seattle and getting a much-needed win to get on the field in the NFC. And Beast, what do you got on the game? I only watched it up until that 13, uh, um, 13-0 lead. Then I turned it off. Um, but I do want to speak to this one part. I did hear that there was a call at the end of the game to where it was obvious pass interference and there was a no call. Um, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the play though, but um, I mean, granted, given that uh, there was still you know um, they were stopped short of the goal line, so I guess it really didn't matter. But I was just wondering to that point if you guys had any thoughts on that or can describe the play to me or anything like that. It was kind of it was a play. Um, I believe this pass was intended for DK Metcalf. And um, it was kind of a one of those back shoulder, you know, passes that Russell was trying to pinpoint on him. And it's like the guy, you know, did have he 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 was not able to fully turn around and catch that ball. I get that, but in a situation like that, that would have been so you know, kind of tit for tat, you know. Um, Ticky tack type of pass interference call. Yeah, he, but he kind of let up, you know, just to kind of, just to kind of, you know, give you an image of, you know, how that went down. That's all it really was. It wasn't like the guy was really draped over him. It was like he was trying to play the ball just as much as Metcalf was, kind of, so to speak. Okay. Well, I guess in that situation, you just do what they did, let them play and go on. Um, but I just want to speak to uh, <clears throat> San Francisco. Uh, I just want to just – and I think he will probably be the coach of the year, maybe. Um, uh, Kyle Shanahan, as far as his play calling, because what I, from what I did watch, like his personnel uh, – his personnel group has, like, really impressed me. He has, like – I guess it would, it would have been uh, I forgot that guy's name that was that guy hurt in training camp here, but uh, they kind of use him as like a H back type of thing. But um, they have a fullback on their roster that they split out wide as a wide receiver, and he runs slot routes and things of that nature. And they use different types of formations to where they might go one way and then it loops around the other way. Um, I'm just really, if anything, I'm, I'm I guess I'm more impressed by uh, Kyle Shanahan's play calling and personnel groupings that help, you know, um, they help move the ball as far as their running attack and then, uh, you know, bootlegs and things of that nature to get Jimmy Garoppolo comfortable to where he doesn't have pressure in his face and, you know, he can find, you know, the number one tight end in the league, you know, George Kittle. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Uh, as for the number two tight end in, in the league, yeah, Kittles, you know, like I said, he did his thing. San Francisco, 
there's uh, definitely a team to be reckoned with within the NFC conference, you know, so we'll see what happens. And, I, and they offer – go ahead. I just want to throw this little tidbit in there. That That is a hell of a point that Beach brought up about the San Francisco 49ers because they do use that fullback in all kind of different ways. We spoke on Anthony Sherman's wheel route in week one last year. Mahomes hit him. Man, they do that with that dude, it seems like. Not necessarily wheel routes, but they're splitting him out, putting him in the slot. And, yes, yeah. They have one way and then looping around how beat said they they do use that guy, man. Uh that play calling is off the charts, man. They they got a real good scheme going in San Francisco offensively. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, they do, man. Uh like I said, uh that's the that's probably the team to beat. You know, one of one of the big teams over there you gotta worry about. Uh but moving it along, let's go ahead and get to the meat and potatoes. The Chiefs, baby, uh, is able to handle business at home, uh, taking out the Chargers. Uh, 21 to 31 Chiefs at home. Tekanina beating the drum, getting the crowds going. P. Holmes went for 16 to 25, 174 yards, one TD, and one INT. Could have been more. If we didn't catch those flags, they'll return those uh, INT. So you might want to watch that, Pete. Uh, in rushing department, D. Williams flew off the hinges, 12 carries, 124 yards, two TDs. That looks real good for our rushing offense. Uh, Tariq Hill, four carries, 61 yards, zero TDs. Harmon, uh, one reception, 30 yards. And Kelsey, we're not going to mention because he didn't show up yesterday. But he deserved it. He deserved a break from last week. You know, he just so we just need him. We just need him for that, you know, two weeks from now. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh <laughs> like I said, the Chiefs handle business. Uh handing Phillip Rivers an L and could possibly be his last uh game as a charger. Who knows? But uh Lee. I'll let you kick it off with the offense, man. What did you think of the Chiefs' offense yesterday? Yeah. Um, like I said, one of the things I was looking for this offensive unit coming into this game, I said it. I wanted them to start fast. Um, you know, they did. You know, they had some drives going the first drive that they had. It went down for a field goal, you know. Um, I just want to keep – I just want them to keep them drives going because it's getting down to the it, – it's, it's not getting down. It is, it is, uh, you know, do or die time now. And you got to keep some of those drives sustained, you know, and keep those chains moving. I want to see sevens, you know. It, like I said, that game, you know, the defense was doing their part. You know, offense was just, you know – getting off the field, you know, not keeping drives sustained in that game was a lot closer in my eyes than what it should have been. But, you know, um, this is not a battle cry or nothing. The offense did what they had to do. Pat um, was slinging that thing around. Like you said, uh, you gave a one long stat with Nico Hartman, that one catch he had. But to me, that was the momentum building play. You know, for Pat to hit him coming across that middle on a deep dig route, that was pretty big. 
speed. You know, that that is what sparked this offense. You know, I know he only had one, but that was pretty big. You know, they did what they had to do. Um, they scored when they had to. Like I said, they put the game away when we were up three, you know, and as, as all of Chiefs Nation's looking, you know, the, the, the Dolphins was right in the thick of things. D. Will took that eight yarder in, you know, stayed on his feet like he did the first one, the 85 yarder, and, you know, made it a 10 point lead. So, in, yeah, that, in, that, in that moment, mm-hmm. they were uh, very aggressive, you know, to go up 10 and just put the clamps down and put that game away. You know, but, you know, I just want to see them start a little bit faster, you know, because this is playoff time coming. Help that defense out a little bit more, you know, not not slinging all around the yard, Pat, you know, but, you know, kind of come out and start torching some teams to say, okay, you know, this is what it is, you know, from last year. So, but to start a little bit faster, but other than that, the offense did what they had to do. No turnovers, um, things of that nature. Like you said, I want Pat to be a little bit more focused on those free plays, you know. Make, make more make more sound decisions, you know, not just throw it up and just risk and, you know, getting intercepted and things of that nature. Just be a little bit more sound with those free plays, but the offense did what they had to do with uh, 15 at the helm. Good job out of offense yesterday. They did what they had to do. Exactly. Uh, Beats, what you got on the Chiefs defense, man? Uh, another great showing by them. Uh, well, I only saw one half of it, so I didn't see the first. Oh, half. yeah. Okay. Uh, I forgot about that. Okay. Uh, well, uh, well, Lee, let me just get a little bit of your input. Uh, as for the first half, because Beats was unable to catch the uh, first half of the game. All these things. Yeah, um, as far as defensively, especially that first half, um, I want to give these guys credit, man. Um, this defense, they keep bringing the noise up front, you know, um, as as Beats likes to say, that NASCAR package, K-Pass, now you have T-Sizzle mixed in, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Naughty. You know, those guys up front were really confusing the hell out of Phillip Rivers in that line, you know, putting pressure on him. Um, it was some missed tackles, you know. They could have had Melvin Gordon bottled up. But, you know, they did what they had to do. They pretty much kept him under wraps, you know. They were letting Eckler get out, you know, catching those catching those passes out the backfield and things of that nature, you know, so kind of sure up some of that stuff, but I just want to give them, you know, credit. Um, Armani Watts coming in, filling in for Thornhill when he went down. Um, it was big. Um, I know I know Thornhill was gone, but we kind of, we were able to see it yesterday, what it would look like without Thornhill. And I think Armani Watts and then Kendall Fuller being implemented in as well. You know, they did a good job, you know, coming up, making tackles and stuff. So, like I said, we had to play the rest of that ball game without Thornhill. So, good job to Spags, you know, and, you know, those guys on the back end being in position, you know, once Thornhill went down, keeping the back end strong. 
that was hard to do. You know, that kind of took all the air out of that defense by losing Thornhill. But they did what they had to do, man. Um, give give credit to T. Sizzle for um, passing DeMarcus Ware at uh, number eight all-time on the sack, lead sack list. Um, with that sack that he had yesterday, that was big by T. Sizzle getting his first sack recorded in the red and gold. You know, they did what they had to do considering the, the monumental blow losing on Thornhill. Yeah, Sizzle was uh, able to climb the sack list, if you said it's uh, number eight all time. Yeah, number eight. He passed DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, congratulations to T. Sizzle, baby, picking up that sack, taking down Phillip. But, uh, Beats, do you have anything on the second half that you want to reiterate on the defense that you caught? I'll, I'll start with my uh, positives. I'll give credit to the defensive line, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, which is coming on lately, uh, T-Sizzle. They all had a sack in this game. Um, give credit, even though I didn't see it until, like, uh, to the highlights. Uh, Tyron Matthew getting the uh, – the pick, uh, the pick at the end, uh, at the end of the half, um, and then uh, for Do- uh, uh, Dan Sorensen to get the pick at the end of the game, to, uh, you know, fill it and shut down the Chargers' offense at that point. Um, honest with you, um, I, kinda, I mean, from my point of view, from just seeing it and just seeing it from you know midway, kind of through the third quarter with like maybe 10 minutes left in the third quarter and then the fourth. I wasn't really that impressed. I believe, in my opinion, um, the Chargers attacked our linebackers. Um, I saw, you know, as far as uh, Austin Eckler and uh, Melvin Gordon um, catching the ball, uh, you know, in space over the middle. Um, the linebackers seemed kind of slow to me or, or even when they into that little package or that dime package where they had uh, only uh, Neiman out there as the linebacker and then Sorensen in there with him. And, uh, I wasn't feeling that, to be honest with you. Um, and then maybe just on some of those penalties, you know, the uh, Odin, they got Charverius uh, Ward a couple times. They were picking on him. I know I sent that out in the, in the chat yesterday. Um, if, so um, if that number 16 for uh, Chargers didn't drop a couple balls, I mean, that could have went a little bit different. Um, so, I mean, you got to wait to clean it up. I mean, I know you have the Juan Thornhill uh, injury, and I, and I heard a couple people say, like, after that, it kind of looked kind of suspect a little bit after that. Um, so they got to wait to figure it out, but I'm not going to, like, Know too much harp on it, but I mean that's pretty much my observations of it. I mean, like I said, I wasn't that thoroughly impressed. They did enough to win the game. To me, they did better than the offense uh, as far as you know, because um, to me, uh, the to me in that second half, the defense was out there a little bit more. I barely even saw the offense from from the time I watched start watching the game. So um, they did what they had to do. They got the win. So I'm not gonna harp. Too long. Yeah, like I said, yeah, the defense definitely uh, carried us to victory. You know, offense, you know, was stagnant at points again. So I don't know what the issue is. Like I said, maybe this 
uh, big playbook that he's playoff hiding will show a little bit more offense out of the Kansas City Chiefs. But they did do what they had to do to get it done. Uh, and also, Miko Hardman gave us a chance to see why he's a return specialist and got on to be a return specialist for the um, uh, Pro Bowl. Uh, we uh, got a uh, touchdown and the uh, returning uh, special teams over the game. But, Lee, what is your thoughts on the special teams for the Kansas City Chiefs that showed up again this week? Yeah, and it's really crazy. I think I burned bread on the special teams in a positive way because we, you know, we all had spoke about, you know, kind of getting a spark from this unit, whether it be just some kind of big return to set the offense up or something. And you know what we got in return? A 104-yarder baby to the crib. So kudos to Dave Tobin, you know, them, uh, for him to keep keep grinding at it, grinding at it, because like he said, and Miko's, Miko Hartman also said, you can see it. You can see, you know, all season long, the wedge forming and just being an inch, you know, away from breaking a big one. But we needed that one in the worst way yesterday. That was coming off of uh, Chargers ensuing touchdown scoring, you know, um, drive that put them in the lead. So that was real big to get that kickoff return for Miko Hartman in that juncture of the game. Um, like I said, I, that's why I thought, you know, we should mention special teams, you know, on the last podcast because I could kind of see it coming. We needed a spark from that unit, you know, in the return game, and we got it. You know, uh, I just hope that, you know, they can just kind of backspin off of that return from yesterday and just keep up the good positive returns and things of that nature come playoff time because that is really, really big if we can have Nico Hartman, you know, returns like that and um, you know like I was saying um, the field goal to go up three to nothing yeah it's three to nothing whatever but that was a big field goal you know by Bucker you know 45 yarder kicking into the wind to put us up three that gave that offense you know a, a good momentum you know like hey alright we went up three we drew blood first, so kudos to the special teams unit, you know, the field goal boys, you know, um, the long snapper, holder, and kicker for putting that 45-yarder through to go up 3 nothing. That, that was big, so he was kicking into the wind on that thing, so that stuff is real hard to do, but good job with the special teams, Dave told Nico Hartman, all those guys, kudos, um, they – been good all year. Just bottom line, I'm, I'm not going to harp on it too long, but this, this special teams unit has been bringing it all year long. You know, I, you know, that stuff is hard to do. Dave Tobe is so underrated at his respective coaching position. You know, that dude is ace, man. That 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 he's a true special team ace. Only game I I fought the special teams on is the Tennessee game this year. You take that game away, this unit has been lights out. Yeah, special teams been on point all year. Like I think you said, like you just said, uh, with the Titans game, but uh, Buckner been consistent all year. We're definitely gonna need that moving forward, uh, putting up these points uh, for field goals, and now also being able to 
possibly get uh, produce sevens off of returns is a good deal. It's an X factor, man. So we let's just keep it going, special teams, because they've definitely been doing their thing. But Beast, what is your thoughts on, uh, on the game, on the part of the game that you did get to catch uh, with the special teams? Did you get a chance to uh, catch the touchdown at least? No, I didn't. Okay. I came I came in. I got home right after that. Um all I can really say is uh good for him. Hopefully that builds up. yeah, hopefully uh Miko Harmon gets the confidence boots as far as picking up, you know, uh his first T D on a uh kick return, you know, hundred and four yards. Hopefully that gives him some uh confidence going into the playoffs and hopefully he can, you know, add there and, and then and uh on punts also. Um but yeah, I mean that's all I really have for special teams because I didn't, I don't think they kicked a field goal um, once. <clears throat> excuse me, in that fourth quarter or whatever. Besides, you know, the extra point. So I don't really have anything else to say on the uh, special team. But I will say, um, I mean, this whole season we haven't given up a uh, kick return or a punt return. So um, mm-hmm. that, that's good too. So hopefully that can just keep on going and. Hopefully everything just click at the at the same point and we can just win these uh two games and get to the bowl and hopefully win that one. Yeah, like I said, man, special teams, man, has been been holding us down, man. And if we can keep that going, that momentum going within uh these games, should look out, man. Like I said, it's just a diff- a different feeling surrounding this Chiefs team this year to me. Uh mm-hmm. like I said, we suffered our L's early, was able to build uh, off those losses and the defense <laughs> made a, a hell of a fucking turnaround. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, it just feels different this year, man. I, I think we, I think we'll definitely be in Miami, man. Now, if we now, can we win the game? I don't know, but I got a feeling that we definitely will be Miami bound for sure. And like you. And like you said, Cal, you know, the, with the defensive turn, the, the monumental, monumental turnaround defensively, like we said, Juan Thornhill was so, so critical in that. Like I said, I'm going to say it again for my listeners that probably don't know this, but Juan Thornhill is the first rookie for Steve Spagnuolo to start, period. And that is a testament to that young man. Number 22, Thorny, like we to call him. He is really an anchor. But the, luckily, we are deep at the safety spot. And like I always say, the marathon continues. It's playoff time. It's a whole new season. Watts, Fenton, uh, Kendall Fuller, Jordan Lucas. Y'all, y'all take this week, get your heads together, and get ready. Because it's time. It's most definitely time, man. Like I said, uh, I got a feeling this is uh, definitely, definitely our year, man. But uh, like I said, we got some uh, some wild card games coming up this weekend. She's got the bye. They're in the second position, uh, second slot. Uh, but we got Buffalo going into Houston on the AFC side. And also on the AFC side, we got Tennessee – going into New England. Lee, who do you got with the Tennessee – I'm sorry, with uh, the Buffalo Bills at uh, the Texans? Who you got now? This is going to be a good ball game to kick off the uh, the playoffs here this year. Um, 
this is really a scary matchup for Houston. Um, mm-hmm. Buffalo, Buffalo, as we know, they have a very, very good defense. You know, only thing with Buffalo that worries me is when it comes time for them to pass that ball. You know, that is their handicap, period. Um, they they struggle to throw the ball. Um, Josh Allen's good, you know, intermediate routes. But when it's time for him to stretch that field, it, like I said, it's handicappage, you know. Uh, but Buffalo is a good team. Um, McDermott is going to, you know, try to get that team, you know, as prepared as can be. You know, if that offense gets to clicking, you know, Beasley and, you know, the other guy, you know, um, Buffalo's going to be tough. Like I said, this is going to be a tough one for uh, Houston. Houston is a good team. You know, we get that. They came into Arrowhead and beat us. Like I said, we get that. But, you know, are we predicting this game now? Yeah, go ahead and get your prediction, bro. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Houston. Uh, they're at home. Um, I'm gonna go Houston in a, in a close one, 23 to 20. Houston in a nail biter. That's a toss up. Oh, okay. And uh, beats uh, asked for this game. What are some of your thoughts and uh, what's your prediction? I just want to say, Lee going to big up the damn Buffalo Bills and then going to turn around and pick right. Because <laughs> <laughs> to me, um, Buffalo, I mean, they ain't got enough offense in my eyes, but what you think? That's where I was about to go. I was just about to say that. I don't – I can see mm, – I, I can see, uh, depending on if Buffalo can keep up, Cause that I can see, I can see, uh, I can see Buffalo's defense being on the field a lot, and then Houston just taking it apart. Once you got D Hop, you got Kenny Stills, you got Will Fuller, you got Kiki QT, you got man, you got uh, the brother that was here. What's his name? Carlos Hyde. Yeah, him. You got Duke Johnson. Uh, man, I'm going Houston. Uh. Going Houston twenty seven, Buffalo seventeen. And see, before I swing at the cows, see y'all laughed at me. Yeah, I yeah, I amped uh, Buffalo up, but man, Buffalo let me down so bad in that game against the Patriots. Man, I remember sitting up there talking to y'all, man, why that game was going on. Buffalo is just like when the offense needed to do something, and they struggled. I mean, good running game, good defense, but when it comes time for Josh Allen to wind that thing up, I I just went with Houston at home, man, because I just feel like their defense is – that's why I did – Buffalo is a good team. They really are. They are well coached. I just had to go with Houston, man. Yeah, it's going to be a – that's a good game, but I just don't think the uh, Bills have enough – same here. All, offense, you know, because like you said, they let us down in that one game. And I don't see that changing, you know. Uh, 
with their offense. The defense could probably keep them in the game, you know. But I don't see uh I don't see the Bills uh taking that. So I'll, I'll take Texas as well. And if they do, I'll be very surprised. Josh Allen, they're gonna they're gonna stack that box. Romeo Cornell and the Houston Texans are gonna stack that box to slow. Singletary and that potent running attack from Buffalo down. Josh Allen is going to have to make some plays in this ball game with his arm. The question is, is he going to be successful or are they going to falter? That's going to be the key. It's going to be Josh Allen versus Romeo Grinnell and his receivers, you know, um, it's just like it's just like me and Beach were talking when they were playing New England. It seems like he did not want to go deep at all. It's like he didn't trust in himself to go deep. And the one time he did, he caught New England sleeping on like a seventy-yard bomb. And me and Beach were saying that like, yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to take the top off. I just don't know if the kid has confidence in himself to do that in the playoffs. I think it's like you said. Another thing you said about his receivers and the height. Maybe he just feels it's not enough. They don't have enough. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I mean, this is the 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 level of intensity will be definitely heightened within these games, and uh, he's gonna have to get the ball out. You know, uh, he went away from the run in that last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so much. I don't, I don't know, man. But like I said, I, if he's if he's been Josh Allen like this all year, it ain't gonna change in one game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And another so. thing is how McDermott, how their defense, how how uh, how White for the Buffalo Bills, how he matches up with D Hop, that is gonna be a critical matchup too, because um, White and D Hop going at it in that battle. Is going to have a real chance to walk out a wild card weekend with a W. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. So we had to catch that one. Like I said, those are the two games on Saturday uh, for the AFC. Sunday for the NFC, uh, we have um, the Minnesota Vikings at the Saints, Seahawks at Philadelphia. So we ain't going to talk. Hold on. So go ahead. Are we going to oh, talk? Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. Moving too fast. Let me let me let me throw the let me throw the Chevy in reverse. I forgot. My bad. Uh, Tennessee Titans in New England, man. I forgot about this. Damn. Now this one right here. Yeah, this is the one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going. I'm going the way that that boy was running that ball yesterday, and we know that that that, that uh, New England has issues with. <coughs> excuse me, stopping the run. Tennessee is on a fucking warpath. Like you said, Mike Variable, ex uh, uh, New England uh, uh, linebacker, champion. He's looking to, he's looking to take out Belichick, man. So, uh, Lee, what do you got on this game? Yeah, like I said, man, about Tennessee earlier when we was, you know, giving the recap of their Week Seventeen. You know, yesterday's win against the Texans. This is a tough ball club. This is a type of matchup New England did not, did, and I mean, do did not want to play. 
Derrick Henry is a man possessed. He's going to carve up the New England Patriots. I'll be highly shocked, like Beat said. The Tennessee Titans go as Derrick Henry goes, and Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry knows it. But the thing is, after just pinned on Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill has been playing some good, solid ball. They have two physical receivers. Unlike Buffalo, they're going to play good defense on New England, how Buffalo did. But the difference is Tannehill has faith in his arms and his legs, and he has receivers on the outside that can really hurt the Patriots. So with all that being said, Tennessee goes into Foxborough, and they win this game. And this is – I'm saying it now. Mike Vrabel, he knows he, he wants Bill Belichick. This is the first time an uh, ex-player and coach is going to face off, I believe, when this time it happened, it was 1988 or something like that. So, there goes the headlines, the ex-player versus the, the, the mastermind, you know. So, but Tennessee is going to give New England problems, man. They... New England, New England showed against the Dolphins yesterday. They are vulnerable, you know, to a quarterback that can kind of move around, scramble a little bit. Fitzpatrick wasn't doing that, but he kept the pocket alive and made accurate plays downfield. Ryan Tennessee was going to do the same thing. Like I said, you go back, Tennessee, you go back last year when Tennessee played New England. And, man, they beat New England. Very good, 35 to 10 in Tennessee. So the blueprint is that Mike Vrabel knows how to do it. And they are going to do it. I'm going to Tennessee, baby. 28-17. Mm. And, and Mike Vrabel also knows all the uh all the tricks to reverse the spy gate. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows that. Belichick likes to hide in the dirty linens and the air ducts and throw on a, a mustache and act as if he's a custodian. He knows the tricks. What uh beats? Who you got in this guy? Um all I'm gonna say is Belichick is gonna take away the one thing you do well. And so I could see them stacking the box. Eight man front against that, uh, you know, get to stop Henry and try to make Ryan Tannehill beat him consistent, uh, consistently. I could probably see Stefan Gilmore on uh, maybe the the other uh, wide receiver, Corey Davis, mm. and then they probably will double um, AJ Brown. Um, New England on the offensive side, they probably just gonna. You know, do their try to get the ball to Edelman and run their little screens and misdirections here and there and just run the ball. Um, but with all that being said, I'm going with the Titans in this one. Uh, last year, they beat the Patriots to a bloody poke. Uh, I believe defensively, like you guys said, Mike uh, Vrabel knows how to confuse uh, Brady and get pressure on him like he did last year. And... Um, Somehow, some way, Derrick Henry has a big game, and the Titans are on their way to Baltimore, baby. 
Oh, and I guess as a, a prediction, um, I'm going to go 23 17. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a big one, man. Uh, you got anything else, Lee? Yeah, I was just going to say, man, uh, <laughs> like I said, man, this is, this is going to be a good one, man. Um, my point I'm trying to make is that, like I said, man, Tennessee has that. They remind me of, they're scarier than how they were when they came in here wild card weekend a couple years ago and beat us because Marcus Mariota was not the kind of type of quarterback Ryan Tannehill is thus far. So they are scary, man. They, the, the Titans, they, they need to watch out because now, if I notice, the Patriots then converted this linebacker into this fullback, and he actually caught a 50-yard touchdown yesterday. You know, they've been bringing in – they've been bringing him in you know, as a lead blocker on running plays and stuff, and they caught the Dolphins off guard yesterday. You know, I thought that was the death blow to the uh, to the Dolphins. They thought it was going to be a run, and they shot that dude out of nowhere. He was wide open, ran it in for like 50 yards. It's a linebacker converted to a fullback. So Tennessee has to be ready for that trick shit that they know McDaniels is going to try because that's the only way they can move the ball on tricky designs and have back passes and reverse passes. So, Tennessee, just be ready for that tricky shit. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, they're going to have some tricks up their ass, you know, mm-hmm. try to get it done by any means necessary. But like uh, that like that uh, statement you made about Verbal and um, Belichick going up against each other, man, that's, that's going to be a big – like I said, it's the turning of the guard um, for the AFC as a whole as New, Hing- New England definitely falls, I hope. Um, and uh, another thing with the Titans, uh, I was telling Beats that um, Henry, man, he reminds me of a, a 2.0 of, uh, of Brandon Jacobs. Yeah. He used to play for the guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that is a good comparison, Kyle. I like that. Yeah. But, uh, boy, whew, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, he is big. And Brandon Jacobs was fast, too. And he get in mm-hmm. the open field. It was, it, it was very rare you go chase his big ass down. That's the thing about them, man. They are they are so big. And yes. You can't run them dudes down <laughs> in the open field. Kiss goodbye. <laughs> yeah. And that uh, height 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 wise, uh, Jacobs was six three and Henry's six four, man. That dude's huge, man. Two towers trucking dudes. It's not like I said, man, the Patriots <laughs> the Patriots did not think that they were going to have to play the Tennessee Titans. <clears throat> this I'm telling you, man, the, the Patriots do not want to play the Titans right about now. No, they don't. But uh, like I said, if they do knock out the the New England Patriots, you know, we may have the end of crossing a pass. Eventually, so I don't care. Fuck. I mean, yeah, I don't care. We 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 owe their ass right. a few for a few times. Mm-hmm. 
And that's another thing. Uh, I'm going to be all scared of the Tennessee Titans. If we, if things had stayed to where they were, like I told y'all, I don't care who, who's in front of us, when they're in front of us. We got to take care of our business. Yeah, Tennessee is good, but if it would have stayed things, us the three, them the six, we were just going to have to take care of business. And it's a totally different defense from the last time we played as well, too. Exactly. Uh, but um, like I said, we also have on the NFC side Sunday, Minnesota going into uh, New Orleans and Seattle going into Philadelphia. Uh, Beats, who do you got? And what is some, uh, your, and your, what's your prediction and uh, pick for the uh, Minnesota and New uh, Orleans Saints game? Who that? Who that? Who them say going to beat them Saints? I'm going Saints all the way. I only got one. Two words for you. Kirk Cousins, and he's sorry as fuck. So, no, no, no. It's New Orleans. You got Drew Brees. You got Alvin Kamara. You got Michael Thomas. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Saints at home, wild card weekend. They're going to whoop Minnesota's ass. And the score is – And you also got – he also forgot another word, referees, for your Saints. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they don't come into play. I didn't think about that. You, you kind of stopped me. Yeah. Um, but I hate to, yeah, I hate to uh, stop your momentum, but yeah, referees, buddy. Uh, I'm going Saints thirty-one, uh, Vikings uh, twenty. Yeah, that's, that, yeah. I think uh, I definitely think that uh, Drew Brees will take out. The Vikings. Who you got on this one? Uh, big. I mean, I'm sorry, Lee. Man, the referees ain't gonna even matter in this game. The Saints is gonna be up on the damn Vikings so fast, man. The, the Saints better not let the referees in, stop them from smacking down the damn Vikings. I mean, the Vikings are a good team. It's gonna be they they may make it close a little bit, but. Like Pete said, sharp and sweet. Kirk Cousins out there in that Mercedes Benz Superdome, maybe. Oh, nah, buddy. You know, nah, he, he ain't getting that off Saints all day long. 34 17 Saints. Yeah, I'm going with Saints too, man. For sure. And uh, like I said, man, uh, I know my, my guy, man, Wilson's going to have it. <laughs> a chip on his shoulder, man. Two weeks of being deprived of the Jesse's Jesse spent on pool treatment. Two weeks, guys. He's been deprived. <laughs> so I know for sure that he's looking to bounce back and get back into the good graces of his wife to receive the Jesse Spano treatment. Uh, they're going into Philadelphia, and I think that he will get it against the Eagles. But, uh, Lee, what are your thoughts on the uh, Eagles and the uh, Seahawks? I'm going to go see short and sweet. I'm going to go Seahawks in this one because we know whoever was coming out of that NFC East was just getting T-shirts and hats. That's all. Okay? And it's stopping there. You know, that that, that was the Eagles or the Cowboys. It's the Eagles. See, Seahawks should win this game. Only thing I think that may slow them down, it's supposed – it's probably going to be inclement weather in Philadelphia, as we know, in January. So – but Seattle, 
is used to inclement weather, cold weather, and things of that nature. So, with that being said, Seahawks, Russell Wilson, like I said, Beast Mode back, you know, DK Metcalf. Oh, yeah. That boy going to get that Jesse Spanos treatment and all that. Oh, yeah. Flocking his curls in the wind. Seahawks. 28, 28 to 17. Like I said, I don't see a man being deprived of that for three weeks. Beats, what do you got? I'm going with the Seahawks. Excuse me. The Seahawks should win this game. Um, Russell Wilson will get the Jesse Spanos. Um. And my prediction will be uh, 27 excuse me, Seahawks. All right, man. Like I said, uh, what you say, 27-13? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Somehow I got the hiccups. It's all good, man. Uh, like I said, man, I know he's trying to bounce back, man. He's been deprived. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to get that W also to try to keep his hopes of reaching Miami alive. I know he's going to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to get that treatment. Now, I know she probably she probably teased him with it a little bit last night, you know, like this is what you could have had. Going to uh, Philadelphia and uh, accomplish your goal, this is what you'll get. And I know he's looking to accomplish that goal. So I'm going with uh, Seahawks as well. I think we're all, t- all, all together on that. And, uh, Philadelphia is the cookie-cutter team that got in there just because their division sucks. So <laughs> it is what it is, cutting your eye. I'm going to say this with Russell Wilson. He, you know, he fell off because little future being in the bedroom, you know, at nighttime, you know, need to put his, uh, his own bed, you know. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, it's time to go ahead and just, bedroom. <laughs> just sleep on in your bedroom tonight, little buddy, because, uh, you know, I'm tired of you depriving me. He's just going to have that talk, talk to him, like, you know, I'll buy you a new bike if you stay in your room this Sunday, uh, next Sunday night. You know, that's all I ask. I wake up in the future, I wake up and make you a couple of sausage links and some pancakes. Pokemon, oh baby! Stay in your room and watch Pokemon, please. But uh, yeah, man. Like I said, man, it's big. Our Chiefs are the new number two spot. Like I said, we didn't we didn't care if we were at work because we knew we was gonna handle business. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is, and the chips are falling where they may, man. Like like I said, it's a new. It's a buzz around this team. We're flying under the radar, and I think that – I think we're going to be there. Yeah. You know, uh, so. Yeah. Time will tell. This, this, bye week, this bye week is a blessing in disguise. I just wanted to put that out there, man. Like I said, not only give this team, you know, emotionally and physically a time to recover. That is big, you know. Um, like I said, give Armani Watts and – you know, those guys stepping in for Dorney, give them another week to, you know, really get stuff down and get communication down with Honey Badger. 
So I'm glad we got that number two seed, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, with that being said, uh, kind of concludes another week, man, of Sports Talk KC. Like I said, we working. We're doing this for y'all. Uh, Happy New Year's and things of that nature. And uh, you checking for me, uh, you can find me at uh, Facebook or Instagram as uh, Calvia Beats. They checking for you. Where can they find you, buddy? They checking for me. They can find me on the Twitters, the Instagrams, the face of the books, and the YouTubes at DB's1492. I want to wish you fellas a happy new year. Thanks, buddy. I want to, uh, no, no problem, no problem. I want to um, wish our listeners a happy new year and uh, be safe and uh, spend it with the ones you love. Uh, if they check it freely, where can they find you? Yeah, y'all can find me at Radham Jones at Facebook, Lee86. Yeah, like Beach was saying, happy holidays and happy New Year's to all our listeners and all of KC. You know, uh, we got some big, big things, you know, about to trans- transpire with our Kansas City Chiefs. You know, this is going to be a, a month to remember, you know. It's going to be all right. We appreciate everyone's support, you know, reaching out to us and, you know, th- like I always say, we steady working and we steady grinding, rolling. For yeah, sports talk KC. All right, guys, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll keep pushing. Like I said, Happy New Year! Remember to check out Sports Talk KC uh, group page and things of that nature if you want to uh, reach out to us. Uh, like I said, Happy New Years! And with that being said, hey, we out. Do you believe in Fitz magic? <laughs> I just got one more thing to say for this night show. Fitzpatrick. <laughs>